Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Prime Time. The mainstream cable news shows are getting boring. There is little news to report out there these days that doesn't involve Democrat corruption. Poor Chris Cuomo has been banned from having his governor brother on his show after it was re revealed that the governor was covering up nursing home COVID deaths. The old media is having trouble finding interesting stories to report. Talking about the events of January 6th for seven weeks trade is getting pretty old, although they did dredge it up again today as the Senate held hearings on the Capitol breach. And the press no longer has a president taking questions from the media on a daily basis, who is the most transparent president and the most accessible administration of all time, because they're gone now. So all we have is Jen Circleback Saki dodging questions from the media, although she doesn't really get pressed very hard, so that's not that exciting either. So the toughest question that Jen gets these days is, where's Joe? Well, listen to this. Housekeeping. By this time in their presidencies, both Donald President Trump and President Obama had held solo press conferences. Mm -hmm. So are there plans for President Biden to hold a solo press conference anytime soon? He will hold a solo press conference, but I don't have a date for you at this point in time. This week? Not this week, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Someday, maybe, not this week, circle back. But you have to give Joe a little credit. He may not have held a press conference yet, but he did do a CNN town hall with Anderson Cooper where he falsely said that COVID vaccine didn't exist until he stepped into the Oval Office. And then he went on to say that black people don't know how to use the Internet. So... Don't be too upset at Jen Psaki when she doesn't get excited at the prospect of Joe Biden holding a press conference because uh, that might not be the best thing all the time. Someone who does love the press, though, and loves seeing himself in front of the camera is Dr. Anthony Fauci. The downside of that, though, is that he said something different pretty much every time he's had access in front of the camera and he really got people fired up at the COVID task force briefing when he said that vaccines pretty much change nothing. Watch. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of societies. And we want to make sure that people continue to wear masks despite the fact that they're vaccinated. Even though you said not to wear masks, and then you said to wear two masks, and then you can't make up your real mind. So, and why are we getting the vaccines? If it's not gonna change anything, and it's not gonna open up our economy, it's just really interesting to watch all of this, but we will revisit later on in the show. But first, 
We're going to head around America to our host and correspondents on the ground where all the action is happening and the truth begins. We start in Washington, D.C. with Carrie Sheffield, host of Just the News AM. Carrie, what do you have for us today? Hey there, Dr. Gina. I want to talk about a topic that I know you're passionate about, and that's the question of tech bias. So we looked at Wikipedia today on the program, and we had a co-founder of Wikipedia named Larry Sanger. And Larry wrote an op-ed saying that Wikipedia is badly biased. He says their policy of NPOV, the neutral point of view, is dead. He said the original policy is long since forgotten, and he said that it no longer has an effective neutrality policy. He said there is a rewritten policy, but it endorses the utterly bankrupt canard that journalists should avoid what they call false balance. He says, he goes on to say, and we had him on my program this morning, that Wikipedia is biased toward socialism. And he said that his original co-founders, his friends, they've ignored his criticism. They have not listened to him. They have, he said they haven't tried to cancel him. He said they haven't tried to edit his Wikipedia page because they said that would reflect poorly on them if, if he were to do that. Um, but he said that they're ignoring what he's saying right now. Um, he has a book called Essays on Free Knowledge, The Origins of Wikipedia and the New Politics of Knowledge that your viewers might want to check out. We also had on the program Maxim Lott, who did an investigation investigation for Fox News into exactly what is biased here about Wikipedia and how they bury the atrocities of what happened under communist and socialist regimes. So again, this is going to be an ongoing conversation. And Maxim Lott interviewed an editor who said that they need to have more volunteers. So if any of your viewers are interested in volunteering to push back on the socialism edits on Wikipedia, they need you. All right, back to you, Dr. Gina. Well, they definitely need editors, Carrie. I can tell you that numerous people on my team have tried to edit mine because they print numerous lies about me and about other conservatives as well, and they refuse to correct them. The more people on our teams try to edit them, and I've heard this from many conservatives, the more they just let the bad edits come back. So Wikipedia, and they don't do this to uh, those on the left. It's just to conservatives. So you're right. Uh, they are not honest, they are not straightforward, and uh, very biased against conservatives. Carrie, I watched your program, and thank you for that. Now over to Just the News headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Jessica Rivera is standing by. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, at yesterday's White House press briefing, Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about there being no Marine sentry posted outside the West Wing of the White House. When President Biden's official schedule said he was in receiving his daily briefing at that time. Take a listen. This morning I saw there was no Marine out front in the front door during the, the 9.45 briefing. And I asked lower press, lower press says, we don't have to have a Marine out front when the president is in the Oval Office. And I've been getting emails and questions ever since I filed that pool report. Is, if there is a, if there was no Marine out front, does that mean that the president is not in the Oval Office? And here is what Saki had to say in response. The president was in the Oval Office this morning, uh, working, receiving the PDB, and all the things that you're aware of from the schedule. Um, there hasn't been a change of policy. So, if, if there's no Marine there, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, again, I, I mean, I could certainly talk to them about the specific circumstances of this morning, but I can report to you that the president was in the Oval Office, and the policy that's long been in place uh, continues to be in place. A White House Marine sentry is always on post at the West Wing door when the President of the United States is working. The only time they are not on guard is when the President is out. Yet Saki said there hadn't been any change to a policy 
And we later heard that the, that Marine who was supposed to be standing guard was actually having a COVID test. But this is what actually happens when the sentries need to relieve each other. Take a look. So Dr. Gina, as we could see there, one Marine relieves another. The post is not just left vacant. And to many, this may be not such a big, dory, big story or a big deal. But to others, it's the bigger picture here, which is the lack of transparency that this new administration seems to be able to get away with. And the American people are just having to accept it and not question. Or if you do question it, they want you to feel absolutely crazy as if you're just whipping these, you know, questions out of thin air. And if President Biden was, was out of the office yesterday or off his, uh, of, I guess, schedule, why not just say that to the American people? They have the right to know, especially if they ask the question. Well, Jessica, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of this. The press was spoiled, as we said, by the Trump administration. And, you know, I've been there many times when those Marines do their little change. I love standing there and watching them. And uh, there's no reason to not just disclose whatever. But, you know, my first thought was, well, if he's working, <laughs> what if he's in there and he's eating ice cream or playing with his dogs or, um, you know, eating his string peas? You know, we, we hear a lot about the things that Joe Biden eats and playing with his dogs and doing other hobbies. So if he's not actually working, maybe the Marines don't need to be there. And it seems like the press would rather report on his hobbies than his work anyway. So maybe that's it. Absolutely. I would have to agree with you. It's just kind of a silly thing. Just answer it. The people are asking. Obviously, it. a lot of people were on alert because they know the practice of these marine sentries. And so they kind of act like the American people are kind of silly for seeing these things and recognizing and asking questions when in reality, I think it's silly that they don't just upfront uh, be very honest with us. Crazy. All right, thank you so much, Jessica. And thanks for keeping an eye on these kinds of things. Everything we get from you is something I have never heard anyplace else. I always appreciate it so much. You're welcome. I try my hardest. <laughs> you do a great job. All right, let's head over to Just the News editor, Joseph Weber. Joseph, you and the crew at Just the News have been monitoring those hearings today on Capitol Hill regarding the events of January 6th and the Capitol breach. And uh, I had a lot of questions I was waiting to hear, Joseph. I, I had fun, as I often do. I like to flip around and watch all the old media, and they're calling it the insurgency investigation, as opposed to the rest of the real world who are saying the things that happened on January 6th, which is the only actual thing that they have talked about now for weeks on end because they have no actual news to report because... Joe Biden doesn't actually do a lot to talk about, doesn't hold press conferences, doesn't answer questions, won't even tell us why the Marines weren't at the door when he was supposed to be in the Oval Office. But what did you find out today? Well, a couple of things. Like so, with so many of these types of hearings, you wind up having leaving with more questions than you do answers. Uh, but a couple of things that really stuck out, we principally heard from two um, law enforcement officials, the former um, Capitol Hill um, Capitol Police Officer Chief, um, Brian Sund and acting Metropolitan Police Department Chief Robert Conti. Conti said that the Metropolitan Police Department, which effectively is the city police department, they're not even allowed on the Capitol build, uh, grounds unless they, they're authorized. 
which really prevented them from getting a fast response to this. Uh, secondly, he said that he really befuddled why it took so long for the National Guard to get there, about two hours. The mayor's not allowed to do that. Now, Sund, he said a couple things that were interesting. One, most importantly, is that he never saw any intelligence reports that suggested that there was going to be anything bigger than the other two previous Trump rallies, uh, an FBI report that said there was going to be a quote-unquote war footing. Here's a couple other things that I think you might find really interesting. Um, one is the fact that the leader of the um, hearing, Sen Senator Amy Klobuchar, said that tomorrow she will announce um, the intelligence, when the hearing will be for the intelligence officials. Now, I think this is important. This is sort of where we want to try to find out who knew what, where, and when. Uh, two of the things we haven't gotten to yet, that the biggest questions, as you well know, is uh, what did Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi know? And what did they do to authorize the, getting um, you know, the National Guard in there as fast as possible? We still don't know that. Maybe these intelligence reports will lead to something. Here's two other things that I think that you might find interesting. Senator uh, Rick Scott, um, senator from the great state of Florida, wanted to know why there's still 200 plus National Guard officers uh, behind a seven foot razor wire fence. Uh, he asked that question to the uh, writ large all four law enforcement officials who were testifying, crickets, no one responded. His response to that, flabbergasted. And I wanna point out one last thing, the mother, uh, Brian Sutnick, um, as you know, the officer, police officer who died uh, while he was on duty or right after the riots, she says that he did not die uh, as a result of an accident. She says they think he had a stroke. She's 72 years old. She wants to know what's happened to her, her son. So this is one of the bigger news, pieces of news out of, the, uh, out of Washington today. Well, we'll hope to get some honest answers. I think it would be great to hear uh, what Nancy Pelosi knew and when she knew it, because I think that that would um, answer a lot of questions. Uh, in, in our minds, and especially, I'd like to know if she knew any of that before she was uh, screaming about impeachment. But uh, Joseph, thank you so much for keeping us apprised of all of this. Thanks for having me. Coming up, fire Fauci trending on social media. People are ticked. Is it time for Fauci to go? That's coming up. Stay with us. Back in a moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Biden's America last border policies are putting a lot of Americans out of job and out of jobs and in danger. We have our own Ben Burkwam down at the U.S.-Mexico border in New Mexico this week. Ben, what have you found down there? Dr. Gina, thanks for... Uh, uh, bringing us back down here. This is, it's, it's wild. Uh, the story that's happening here, uh, first I want to start, you can see the heavy equipment behind me. I've got two excavators and a dozer. These were both being, you're all being used by the Will Scott Construction Company. They're one of six contractors uh, from here heading east that were building the border wall. They're across the street. And by the way, just bear with the, the wind noise. We're out here in the desert. It's a little windy. Come walk with me here real quick. Uh, these, these, uh, Tractors, these uh, equipment was shut down right across the street. We've got the Antelope Wells Border Patrol Station 
and the construction site where these guys had 92 employees. They were all put out of work. This is one of the smaller construction sites. Again, there's six more heading east. When we go west out to California, there's more thousands of jobs being lost because of this. And the, the tragedy of this, if we walk over here, is it's not just the, the jobs that are being lost. This whole section, this is new wall. It's 30-foot wall you can see behind me. All the way up to the mountains were prepped. They've got six miles prepped off in the distance, and they're being told now, shut it all down, send all the equipment back. At that yard, that construction yard behind me or in front of me over here, they've got all the materials, and they're shipping it all back. All of this, while Border Patrol is saying, we've got cartel movement, they've all just funneled out to the mountains, out to these ranch lands over here. So these ranchers, what's crazy, salt in the wound, you've got ranchers over here where they took down the barriers they took down the old fences that were there. They prepped them to be ready for the new walls. And now there's nothing. Now they're back to having barbed wire fences trying to stop cartel drug smugglers from coming into their property. It is, it is a tragedy on top of tragedy. And the saddest part is these Border Patrol agents, when you look in their eye, the, the look of despair that they have, because they've been through it. They've been through it when there was no security, when they had Obama and it was open borders and the leftists in America where it was America last. And then they had President Trump who brought America first and put Border Patrol agents first and said, we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna allow you to do your job. Now they're, now they're being told exactly the opposite by the Biden regime, shut it down, open the borders back up. And now it's, we're going back to that no man's land, Wild West, where these ranchers, where the people on this side of the wall, they're not protected. Where the citizens of America aren't protected, yet we're protecting the cartels and allowing them to bring their drugs their sex trafficking and undermining American sovereignty. It's it's a tragedy, Dr. G. Yeah, the, the human toll is sobering. Ben, has anyone um, from, as you put it, the Biden regime uh, been there to ask any questions to see the human impact? What I've been told in talking to the contractors across the street, they said that they were told by the, the regime that they are not to answer any questions, that it's to go through the Army Corps and the Army Corps of Engineers left. As soon as they were told to direct everything through the Army Corps, Army Corps of Engineers left. So there is nobody here. They are not, as far as we know, monitoring it. All it is is this outpost, this Border Patrol outpost that's manned by patriots of this country that love this country, that want to be able to do their job, and they're not able to. And so as of now, there's going to be just a gaping holes, not only in New Mexico, but you're telling me also in California, I'm presuming also in Texas, wherever these uh, final holes were uh, that just didn't get completed um, under the first four years of Trump, this will be where the cartels and the human trafficking and drug tra trafficking uh, all takes place. And, and so we're back to square one, essentially, because Biden's not going to do anything about it. 100%. That's exactly where we're at. We're back to square one. Although, thank God, we had four years of President Trump. We did get 500 miles of wall built. Uh, now we've still got 1,500 miles that's unsecured. And all that does is funnel that traffic into those locations. And the worst part, though, a couple of things. Hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars allocated for these projects, wasted. Taxpayer dollars just burned up into thin air. But on top of that, now all of these resources, Border Patrol, that were being able to do their job when they had the Remain in Mexico policy enacted, where they were able to send them back to Mexico. Now the, the, the ports of entry are being overwhelmed. They're being overrun. And now Border Patrol, the problem is that's where people that are, that are requesting asylum, 
They've been told by leftist organizations in Mexico and Central America how to do it. We're being undermined within. All of that traffic's going there. All the resources are going there to process these people. And all that does is open up more traffic opportunities for more drugs, more fentanyl, more heroin, uh, more cocaine to come into America and, and devastate our communities like we've seen in, these, uh, you know, in the years past. And instead, we're putting money into building walls around yes. the U.S. Yes. Capitol to keep Americans yes. out. Ben, thank you so yes. much. It's just heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, and I, I hate to see the reprisal of all of this. But thank you for that update and for, for all you're doing to keep us abreast of all of this. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. G. Over on social media, the hashtag FireFauci is trending, and it's no mystery why people are upset. We spent the past year being told that life can't go back to normal until we get the vaccine. And then Fauci drops this bomb. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of societies. And we want to make sure that people continue to wear masks despite the fact that they're vaccinated. Whatever happened to two weeks? Remember that? Two weeks to slow the spread. We're coming up on the year of that. What the heck is a vaccine for if you're still supposed to avoid restaurants and theaters and we're still going to be breathing our own CO2? Why should anyone even get the vaccine if you're going to have to live like this, shut down, broke, closed off, breathing your own CO2 forever. Here with me now to discuss the man who knows more about the mask data than anyone else out there, the founder of Rational Ground, Justin Hart. Justin, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming back on this show. I, I just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. You know, it doesn't seem to, truth doesn't seem to matter much to Dr. Fauci. He came on national television and said that we shouldn't wear masks going back. Uh, then when that didn't seem to be politically correct and they thought, oh, we can get people to really conform if we have them all wear masks. And this would be a great way for us to control folks. Let's make everybody wear masks, even though we have no data on this, except for the data from the Spanish flu, which said that people shouldn't wear masks. But let's make them do it anyway. Um, so they did. And then he came out and said, oh, now we should make people wear two masks. We've all seen the videos. I have it posted on my Instagram stories right now of people breathing their own uh, you know vapor through uh, you know out in the cold wearing multiple masks and it's it's literally laughable it's literally laughable and yet uh, here we go now we all thought the vaccine meant life goes back to normal apparently nothing means we go back to normal until until election year 2022 that state just means something to me how about you well, are, are you talking to, to me, Dr. Gina? I, I'm, I'm suffering from hypoxia a little bit because here in Southern <laughs> California, we have to mandate masks everywhere. I can't even remember my own name. Uh, look, uh, this trade has gone on for a very long time, uh, and Dr. Fauci has been at the forefront of it. Whether he was warning America about some untoward disease of Kawasaki taking over our children, or whether children in school were a very prominent vector to infect the nation, uh, or whether the cases would go up and up at the end of the year. There's no way, he said, that they would come down in a sharp decline, which they did. He's been proven wrong again and again, uh, and yet he holds the reins on these whole things. And it just shows you what happens uh, when you give policy over to a health 
director, right? And that's, I think, one of the key lessons we've learned from this pandemic is that many unelected health directors suddenly have a purview over yourself, over my education, my kids' education, my church, my business. And look, I'm not a virologist, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I'm a darn good data guy. And forgive me if I check their math because they sure seem to insert themselves into my domain a lot. Uh, and and I, I've checked it and it's just flat out wrong. Uh, for example, because here's a you know massive what? Because study. If you... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, a massive study that just came out about our kids. Uh, this, a study of 30,000 high school students and it found that just 0.5% of the infections that they had, they found 210 infections out of these 300, uh, out of these 30,000 high school students and found that only 0.5 of them came through contact sports. These were 30,000 athletes. We need to get our schools back open, get those masks off. There's no data supporting any of what he says. Because if you were a practicing MD or virologist, they would threaten your license, Justin, if you came on this show and told the truth, just like they take the tenure from professors who release honest scientific data, and we have the data to prove that. Justin, I show your graphs on my show most nights. I want to put my favorite one up on screen right now. This is from your amazing research um, at your institute, and, um, and this is it right here from Rational Ground. This graph compares Florida counties with mask mandates, um, and it compares it to Florida counties that did not mandate mask wearing. Does Fauci not have access to this data, or does he just not care? Uh, he chooses to ignore it in many ways. This is from one of our great uh, contributors, Ian, online, and uh, he does this all day long, in and out, just showing again across the states how the type of interventions mandates, mask mandates, lockdowns have no effect on the cases up and down as far as we can tell. Uh, in fact, what we find in California versus Florida is that the uh, students in Florida, 99% of them have access to schools there, in-person learning. Only 15% of California students do. But guess what? The pediatric case rate in California is higher than that in Florida, even when the kids are not in school. It tells you that their data is out of whack. And I think the problem is they're just trying to find some way to save face because it's so embarrassing the way they've gotten this wrong. And, and it, you can only imagine how much they're trying to skew that data. I mean, I can only imagine the scientists that are pressured. And that's if you don't even consider the fact that the Florida population is much more elderly and Florida's been open the whole time. So if, if closing everything worked and masking everybody worked, California should be off the charts lower. All right, Justin, Fauci wants us to avoid restaurants and theaters even after getting the vaccine. But your data on lockdowns shows that Staying home and forcing businesses to close doesn't work. And again, I guess my question is the same, Justin. Does Fauci have some other reason for pushing vaccines? Because I thought the reason for the vaccines was to get life open again. Yeah, I think they just, they don't want it to end, right? He doesn't want the spotlight to go away in many ways. But in other ways, if I were to be the kindest interpreter of what he says, we've given our policy over to a doctor. If I've given my life over to a doctor, it would be very boring. He would have me stay inside. He would have me uh, draw, you know, throw out my milk, throw out my meat. Uh, and he would have me eating stuff that I really wouldn't rather do. I'd rather go out and enjoy life while I have it. I am over finding is that Dr. Fauci is just running ramp shot over everything that we do there. I think there's very little data to support that. 
There's very, uh, we, we called them out in Los Angeles when they tried that as well, and we showed them that out of the 3,000 uh, places where they had shown businesses to have infection outbreaks, not one of them, not one of them was a restaurant or an in-restaurant dining bar. And, and so they had to cough up the data, and a judge determined they are out of their league. They have no data to back up this sort of lockdown, and that's going to be my goal in the next few years is to try to uh, mandate this, try to fix this with legislation where this never happens again. I saw a wonderful uh, meme conversation comparing the whole mask thing to the abortion issue with the leftist and, a, and someone from the right, and it said, my body, my choice, and it said, you know, it saying that this is my mask, and if you want to wear your mask, great, but don't force your values on me. And then uh, the person responded, but you're endangering an innocent life. And, uh, you know, really, like, finally you get the argument against abortion. I, I just, I don't understand, uh, I don't understand how we've become such sheeple. It's, it's terrifying, Justin, it really is. And fine, people want to wear masks, wear them all day long. Just don't force me. Justin, thank you. Keep up your great work. We really appreciate the work you're doing. Thanks, Dr. Gina. Anytime, we'll have on. People are throwing out their Coke products after their employee diversity training was leaked by a whistleblower. This is going to tick you off. Don't miss it. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stick around. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Coca-Cola being blasted on social media today after a whistleblower at the company shared screenshots of the employee training they were doing. The Confronting Racism course urged employees to be, quote-unquote, less white. Here with me now to discuss Georgia State Representative Vernon Jones. Good to see you, Representative. Let me read just a little bit of this training as they call it, in, uh, and this is how it goes, in the U.S. and other Western nations, it says, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Representative, that is the opposite of what people believe in the United States and Western countries. Western culture in the United States in particular are about liberty and equality, and we will, we're built on the idea that all men are created equal by God, and it is despicable to me, Representative, that a great American company like Coca-Cola is forcing its employees to listen to this jargon. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, this is not only happening in Coca-Cola and other private uh, companies. This is happening in colleges and universities. This is happening across the board, and this has been carried out by the liberal left. You know, uh, let's be clear. There have been challenges in this country. Slavery was the worst sin that this country ever committed. However, the left continues to want black people to feel such victimhood, like they are not less than, than they are. The, the, it's the liberal whites who feel like they're white supremacy. Actually, they're the ones who feel in that way. But 
You don't have to go and get good people, good white people, to all of a sudden try not to be white, really? That's like the left does to me now. They don't want me to be black and independent, and that's offensive. I think the left should try to, or the corporate America should pro probably try to say, let's be less bigoted, period. Joe Biden needs the first training session on how not to be bigoted. Black people are getting COVID at a high rate because they don't know how to get on the internet. Black people should vote for him just because they are black. Black people are not as independently thinking or diverse in their thinking as white. Poor black kids and white and rich white kids, or I mean, all that, that's the rhetoric, that's the bigotry. That's what we need to stop, not trying to get someone to, really to, to how do you get them to deny their race? Are they gonna ask Obama not to be so white with his mother being white and all of his family being white on that side. So he has to be half black. And then all this white side, he's got to act not so white. What is that about? Yeah, what is that about? And, and what should be the American response to this kind of thing? I mean, what is the real purpose for this training? And what does it really say about an American company like Coca-Cola? What do we do with this as, as you know, the sort of social engineering that's uh, taking over our country when when I think that there is, you know, there is headway to be made, but this seems to be divisive. Well, you know, if they want to encourage diversity, if they want to encourage people working together and not judging a person based on their color, but by the context of their character, that is a good thing. But right now, if you were to start at the board of directors with Coca-Cola, and get every chief ex senior executive all the way down to the first line supervisor. And if you were to match up the diversity in their management, I bet you, you would see a lot more holes that way than trying to get someone just to be white. Um, if you're interested in diversity, then why don't you just look internally and look at your customer base and is your customer base reflected in your organization? But to get someone to not being white or be less white, I, I got to tell you, if someone told me that, I would tell them to kiss my grits. <laughs> I love grits. Do you like grits? I love grits, too. <laughs> I love grits. I love grits. We'll have to have some of those sometime together. Representative Vernon Jones, I will see you at CPAC. Hope to get you on camera with me there. And if we're blessed, maybe we can share some grits together while we're there. Well, let me tell you, I have now formed a foundation, WakingUpAmerica.us, and I hope your, your listeners go there and uh, viewers and, and check me out and join me there. All right. Thanks so much, Representative. We'll see you Thank soon. Thank you, too. And all right, it is time for a brand new segment. It is called Good Guy with a Gun. Now, in this segment, we are going to bring you stories that the lamestream media undoubtedly will not tell you about. The media has a narrative that guns are inherently bad. They walk around doing bad things, these guns. So they skip over the story of armed, brave Americans who stand up to bad guys and save the day. And these stories happen absolutely every day. Most of the time, the good guy doesn't have to shoot. They just have to stand there and have their firearm. The bad guys run or give up. 
So today's story in particular, the good guy did have to shoot, and we have Amanda Head here with us to help us with our very first Good Guy with a Gun segment. Amanda, great to have you with us. Um, Amanda, the headline of this Good Guy with a Gun story is this. There's a North Carolina boy, 12 years old, opens fire, killed a home intruder who was 19, who shot his 73-year-old grandmother in the leg. Amanda, quite a headline. Tell us the story. Okay, a little sidebar. I'm just going to brag to you and Vernon. As you know, I'm home with my parents, and tomorrow night my mom is making shrimp and grits. So you guys <gasps> come on over. Lucky you. <laughs> but anyway, yes, this little boy, 12 years old, so he obviously has gotten much more out of Harry Potter, Star Wars, Hunger Games than most kids his age because he's got skills. So you had two intruders who entered this woman's home in North Carolina. She's 73 years old, like you, like you said. These two intruders come into her home, shot her in the leg, and this little boy decides to come out and open fire on them. He hit one of them, uh, but they fled the scene, and his this little boy, his great uncle, was there at the house as well, and apparently when the intruders came in, they made him sit down, and the great uncle was speaking to the press, and he said, I have no doubt in my mind that if my great nephew had not, you know, sprang into action that all three of us would be dead at this point. But it's an amazing story. And it's something that, of course, mainstream media doesn't want to cover. This country has an estimated 434 million guns, more guns than people. But a Pew Research study showed that 48% of gun owners say that they own guns for self-protection. And the proof is in the pudding because over 2 million instances per year are homeowners using guns for self-protection. And that's amazing. And you're right. The mainstream media doesn't want us to know about these stories. But guess what? We're going to keep telling them. I wasn't aware of that figure. Two million a year using them for self-protection. And I wonder how many times they're just not even reported. I wonder how many. Because I personally have had instances where, uh, you know, someone, we heard noises in our house and my husband is just you know, cocked that gun and that's about all you have to do. And very quickly, you know, and that wasn't something that we necessarily reported, but you know, pretty soon they were gone. And, you know, you call the police later, you don't necessarily say I, I cocked my shotgun because yeah, you're not going mean, to really say that. Yeah. You've got, you've got the castle doctrine to varying degrees across all 50 states, but also Gina, you and I have talked about this. Gun rights is a women's rights issue. And this boy is. is 12 years old. Uh, frankly, not to be self-deprecating, but I'm probably about his size. And there is, you know, these situations, a gun is the only equalizer. There is no way that an average size man that I would be able to to overcome an average size man because I'm a petite, petite woman, as are you, Gina. Yeah. So it is imperative yeah. that we, you know, if we can't carry in public, at least let us have the guns in our home. And we do. Yeah, it's the one good line they let me say on uh, our wife swap segment was I'm a five foot one petite female and my my gun is my equalizer. And it's true. And uh, yep. we, we, I will stand forever to keep that the way it is. Amanda Head, thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you at CPAC this week. Thank you, Dr. Dean. And enjoy that shrimp and grits and tell your mom hi. Coming up, Dr. Sebastian Gorka wants to know, where is Joe Biden? You won't want to miss this. More Dr. Gina primetime coming at you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Joe Biden still hiding. And if the press wants to know if he is ever going to come out and say hello, watch. Housekeeping. By this time in their presidencies, both Donald President Trump and President Obama had held solo press conferences. Mm-hmm. So are there plans for President Biden to hold a solo press conference anytime soon? He will hold a solo press conference, but I don't have a date for you at this point. In time. This week? Not this week, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Maybe if she just smiles a lot, they won't notice that they're still hiding him. My next guest wants to know as well. He is a radio talk show host and a former White House advisor, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Dr. G, good to see you. Dr. Gorka, by this time in his presidency, Donald Trump had probably spent literally dozens, if not hundreds of hours, taking questions from the press already. But we... I mean, you and I called it. We all knew this was going to happen. Joe Biden was going to hide from the press. You're not surprised. Absolutely not. I mean, there's a reason that I call him on my show, America First. Whenever we have to discuss the 46th president, we talk about sleepy, creepy Beijing Biden. This is a man who last weekend, I mean, we have just come up to the one month anniversary. He's a third of the way through the vaunted 100 days that every president has been measured by since FDR. What was he doing at the weekend? He was napping at Camp David. He took the weekend off. And what was happening? Vice President Kamala Harris was taking the calls with other heads of states. It's incredible. We might as well call this the the Harris presidency already. This man is not compass mentis. He's cognitively challenged. The second trip, the second trip ever he took on Air Force One He tripped up going up the stairs. So this is frightening. It's only the guy with the the nuclear launch codes for the United States. And he is sleepy, creepy Beijing Biden. He really is. And and, uh, America First, ironically, the name of your show. But America Last is really where Biden is residing. He's canceling jobs left and right. We just had a report uh, from the border, we have Ben Burkwam down there, and he tells us that the jobs are disappearing by the thousands on the border. And that's not even to mention what's going to happen to American citizens once those holes in the border are all filled with human traffickers and drug traffickers, right? Um, nothing good is coming out of this administration, and yet we see a president who is not even willing to answer the questions of the American people. Dr. Gorka, how long do you think this leftist press is going to continue to put up with a, with a president that's hiding? Well, we could imagine a, a honeymoon that would last for years, given the, uh, the treatment they gave Donald Trump because he was a Republican who put America first. So, you know, they, they, they love everything he stands for, this multicultural, multinational America last policy is exactly what the the press, the fake news industrial complex press believes it. Remember, 93% of journalists vote Democrat. Now, when is the honeymoon going to have to end? We had a former CBP commissioner, Mark Morgan, on my show, and he used exactly this phrase. He said that the border is open, the border war construction has ended, the, you know, the, the, um, 
the caravans have begun because they believe that they're going to get they're going to get amnesty. They're going to become U.S. citizens. And he called the caravans of thousands of illegal immigrants, uh, Gina. He called them petri dishes of disease. No masks, yeah. no social distancing. And when these tens of thousands of illegal immigrants are going to cross this border with no COVID testing required, this is going to be a crisis. And I guarantee yeah. you right now, it is a crisis that Beijing Biden is not ready to deal with. And that's when the honeymoon ends, whether he likes it or not. All right, Dr. Gorka, we're getting super close to the end of the show, but I want to squeeze this in because this is a fun part of our day and I want to enjoy it with you. It's time for our meme of the day. Now, this is a couch pictured here with seatbelts installed for extra safety, Dr. G. And the meme says, the perfect couch for those who want to stay safe after a long day of driving alone in your car with a mask on. <laughs> Dr. G, I'm disturbed by people who wear seatbelts on their couch at home. About 10 seconds, your comments. I refuse to wear a mask, but with regards to that meme, I'll tell you one thing. Whenever I see anybody alone in their car, a closed, closed vehicle, and they're wearing a mask. I know who they voted for, and it's not my old That's mask on, they <laughs> That's right. All right, Dr. Gorka, thank you so much for being with us. Let's do this again soon, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. You too. All right, and now it's time for Doctor's Orders. The great migration of the 20s is happening right now, and we will one day read about it in history books and novels. Americans have been moving around the country for as long as we have been a country. The westward expansion of the U.S. was historic, and when gold was found in California, it kicked it into high gear. People migrated from east in record numbers, and we see the results of that today. California is now the most populous state in the Union, and cities there became tech hubs and the center of entertainment for the entire world, as you know. And then the Depression and the Dust Bowl hit the U.S., and even more people migrated west. The great novel, The Grapes of Wrath, is about Oklahomans migrating west to California to the land of wealth and opportunity that awaited them there. We all read it. And novels will be written about the migration that is happening now. Florida, Texas and Utah are witnessing an historic migration of people who are looking for a place just to be free. State governments using COVID to crack down on their citizens are literally pushing people out of their states and into states that are more free, like my home state right here of Florida. Now, about nine years ago, I visited New Hampshire and folks there told me about a project they called the Free State Project. Libertarians are a very small part of the U.S. voting population, but they came up with a plan to move to a small state and to get involved in politics and to ensure that freedom-loving people had a place to go as state governments across the country inched toward socialism. I was given a sort of tour of their underground economy, and I remember being taken into a basement of a business where we found a literal speakeasy full of freedom-loving patriots who didn't care for the state and local laws regulating bars and alcohol sales. Then I was taken to a state capitol building 
where there was a big sign on the door, shocking me, but letting everyone know that firearms could be carried into the state capitol building. Although I think that was changed once Democrats took the majority in the years since I was there. I remember even being a freedom-loving patriot, I remember that I was shocked walking into that Capitol building. The Free State Project wasn't as successful as they had hoped in New Hampshire, but there is a more organic Free State Project happening right now without any sort of organization. It's just happening. The Great Migration of the 20s is happening right now, the 2020s that is, and there has never been a better time to jump on the bandwagon of dissent. Texas is still a good option, even though they had a rough week last week. They certainly did. And that shows what happens when you try to compromise with Democrats, even when it's just for show. But Florida is also a great place for freedom-loving Americans to assemble and show the rest of the country and the world how to be free and to be prosperous. There's no shame in trying to stick it out in your oppressive blue states. California is making a valiant effort to take back that state by recalling a totalitarian and hypocritical governor. And in other states, like New Hampshire that I mentioned earlier, they just took back both houses and the governorship from the Democrats. And there's a lot of good to be said for that. But just remember, there is a place where you can come that's already free. And we'll leave the light on for you right here in Florida. Thanks for joining me tonight, and thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B is up next with Damon and the crew. You'll laugh, I promise. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody. In that five, six.